Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this week's edition of Hold On, Let Me Tell It podcast. We are coming to you live from the Dongsville Podcast Studio and Toy Museum right here in Janesville, Wisconsin. I am Matt Marbury and with me at the table is Sarah Barfield. Hello, everybody. Hello. Do you guys know why the Irish make their chili with just 239 beans? Mm. <laughs> Any more would be too farty. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a stretch, but yeah. Too farty? Yeah, too I know. farty? <laughs> I Adam's got not, it. I Adam's got it. not getting it. I, I went too deep into it. <laughs> too farty. I was like, is this a Scottish? You have to like take consideration the accent and the number, or it doesn't make any sense. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, I over I overthought. <laughs> It's right there. Also, I thought it was. I like good. it too. I like it. Too farty. I wish there you would have like that. You got to like throw an accent on. You have to do that. We would have moved on. I was like, I think moving on. Here's Adam Tollefson. Hey everybody! This week's podcast is brought to us by Down the Street Bar and Grill, located at 967 South Jackson Street in Janesville. Let's uh, plug some of the stuff uh, that we can promote, like Power Hour six to seven. That's a dollar uh, beers. Happy hour, seven to nine, two dollar beers. Lots of craft beers, lots of seltzers and malt beverages, coffee and shit like that. Yeah. What'd they send over this week? It's a cold snack. <laughs> it's a cold snack. <laughs> a Montana Mon- cold snack? Montucky cold snack. Montucky. Where it's is Montucky? Oh, it's right next to Montana. <laughs> it's Kentucky. wedged, nestled right between Montana and Kentucky. Yep. There's only about 2,000 miles <laughs> that uh, separate those two states. Yeah. It's Close in there enough. somewhere. Technically, I bet we're Montucky. We've had these before. These are pretty we're good. We're Jantucky. Magic. <laughs> yeah. Jantucky. I have never heard that. You heard that <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard Jane's Vegas. Jantucky. Jantucky. That's a shot's fired. Sorry. <laughs> Who said that shit? Can't disclose. <laughs> I like uh, it has a recycling, you know, the the recycle symbol. Okay, don't be a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Um, I will say the Deftones thing, Matt. You mentioned earlier. It looks like the exact horse from the White Pony album. I don't think you can. Um, people get tattoos of that. Do you have a tattoo of that? No, I know Kendra? two people that do. Okay, the artwork is nice. Pull up, Adam. I don't have my phone handy. Pull up the Deftones White Pony album and show Sarah, because I'm sure she has no idea. She's not a big Chino fan? No. <clears throat> I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that album. I thought that album's 20 years old now. Can you believe that? Wow. It's insane. Are you finding yourself, like, people will post that stuff, and like, this album, 35 years oh, ago. I hate today, it. And I'm like, hate it. are you kidding me right yeah. now? It's crazy. That shit gets me all the time. Oh, yeah, it it does. Oh, it's almost spot on. Mm. The horse is going. They just flipped it. They just flipped it. It's in a mirror, bro. Montucky, you'll you'll be hearing from my lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) So how's everybody been since the last time we sat down? Swell. Swell? Awesome, actually. Nice. Whoa, since you're awesome, you get to go first. Uh, I went to the Badger football game on Saturday. That's cool. How was that? So fun. We went back to lots. Nicholson Club. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. Not Wrong this sport. <laughs> Had to rough it with the normal people. Um, Ugh, no. Slumming it. Back to lot 60, Matt. 
Oh, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. I do. So it was a little chilly and a little, you know, fall chilly. Yeah. Nice, nice breeze. Um, 239 being chilly. Got it. Yes. And <laughs> I, I remember we get out, me and Ashley, the first ones there were meeting um, Wicked and Becky and Abby and Cody. Uh, and then they're going to stay the night there. Um, we were going to head back. And it was a night game. So we get up there at like, I don't know, four. And the the lot's bumping. Love been, a night game. Yes. Camp I've never been to one. So fun. Never been to one. It was so cool. Um, so we get there and uh, yeah, like the lot's way more full than I've ever been because we always used to go to the early ones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, with that little breeze, like our chairs were falling over because of the wind. Like we had to like pick a side, you know, whatever. <laughs> At least we weren't grilling though. It was perfect. We did like sub sandwiches and stuff. Nice. What um, we do in this podcast when... The first time that I no. went to, I didn't think I, so the I fir- should tell that story. As soon as going. I was, yeah, well, I was, I was going to bring up a little bit. I just went, it is a little cold here, but not as cold as the time we went when it yeah. snowed like five inches the night before in October is the end of October. Are you sure about I that? Think. Maybe. I don't know. But it was, I mean, it fucking came down. It was to the point where like, we're not, we're not sure what vehicle we're going to take to Madison because we originally were going to take Brian's car or something. Yeah. And it got, and we're like, dude, we're not going to, we need Adam's S10 with four wheel drive. Yeah. We just need it. And we show up to this lot. This lot is, you have to take, it's, it's near camp Randall, but you need to take a shuttle bus basically yes. to get there. Yes. And the lot is, you might be right about the October thing because it was like that melty snow where, I mean, it's packed up and it's piled up, but the parking lot is plowed, but it's all like water, mm-hmm. like kind of like standing water. And I'm just got my. Sh- I don't have winter boots. boots. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, why would you? It's October. It's October. Um, <laughs> I uh, so I have uh, just like my regular shoes on, and it's it's just four people this time around. It's me, Adam, uh, Jason, and Brian. We picked up Jason on the way. Yeah, yep. Jason and Brian. And we're cooking out brats and stuff. We had to like mock shovel an area because of the to snow was still melting. You know, and I had. So I had these shoes on and they got the water got in real fucking quick. And if it's I mean, the game was probably a two thirty game. I think so. Yeah. And it's probably noon and my feet are sopping wet and frozen. And like I brought an extra pair of socks. But if I just put on an extra pair of socks, they're done. They're done in in two minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So (laughs) I literally I literally took uh, Jason's brat buns and put dumped them out and, <laughs> and, use the and use the bread bags over my feet and then my new socks over over the bread bags no new socks bread, bread bags. bags in the shoe yes brilliant oh it's fucking game changer it was it my <laughs> my feet were toasty warm like the rest of the day good job i might so have gotten funny. into a little bit of a tirade on this shuttle bus but i don't remember it <laughs> i heard about it later yep bus was still going we hopped on the bus it was awesome cruised over watched uh uh was it badgers versus army yeah it was against yeah. army yeah and they kind of made a run at the end but it, it was 17 nil <laughs> and then they made a run. They, they the tacked end, a couple on the end. Yeah, it was. But you're right. Night games rule. There. They do. They're so, so fun. fun. Yeah. So that was a great time. Um. Yeah. Then I think I. Oh, I was Sarah and I were talking before the show. We, we did start love on this on the spectrum. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Uncle John recommends it, mm-hmm. and I have not seen it. I forgot that he even recommended it, and then he kind of so said, I, hey, yeah. did you guys watch it? We all forgot. We all forgot. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm not alone in this, but I, I will try. It's you good. said it's five episodes? Season one and is. You, oh, there's more than one Just season. Just two seasons. Okay. Yeah. I accidentally hit the start of yes. season two. Did you do the same? Yeah. Because it says, episode, like, I don't know. But yeah, very good, Matt. You should, uh, you should, you should dive in. I will try Loving to get... It. You said, okay, five episodes, seasons one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will try. Just do a couple. To get the first season done by the time we sit down next week. Nice. Although next week's still a creep show. We got a lot next week. Maybe. Yeah. Let's shoot for the following week. That's fine. Sure. And I still want to get Andy Wilson back very soon as well. So. Yes. Um, book it. I, I know. I'm trying to book it after creep show though. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Things are filling up, man. Things are filling up. I know. So Andy's not a creep at all. <laughs> 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 that, that's uh, camp Randall at night. Nothing better, man. No. I tell you what, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it ruled. I yeah. wonder. I, I'm curious to see um, how the rest of the night played out because last time we did this, we got like a hotel together, and then the game shifted to it was a night game, and it was like we we're going to the Packer game this weekend, so we didn't want to get a we didn't want to bug somebody sure. to come let the dog out tw- two weekends in a row. Like Madison's an easy drive back. You know, I live uh, like 0. 0.4 miles away from your house. So does Sarah, by the way. So it's like we could easily go let your dog out. Or oh, they okay. could have, she could have just stayed at my, we could have had a dog party. There you go. No, Keep Jan- that in mind. January is now booked for both of you. <laughs> We're never going to be home. <laughs> Me and Adam did book a, a fun event for January. Ooh, nice. We did. We've never been to the uh, WWE Royal Rumble. It's in St. Louis this year, which is a little bit of a hike. It's four and a half hours. Not too bad. Yeah. Doable. Doable. And it's Midwest. on a Saturday, which is really nice. So like, Big I'm just going to take Saturday off. We'll head down there early Saturday morning. We'll stay the night, drive back early Sunday, be here by like two o'clock, probably something Dig like it. that. You know, Love it. It's going to be freaking cool, man. It's a bucket list one. It is. I like it. It's one of the <laughs> biggest you know, events of the year or whatever. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. Awesome. Yeah, but I want to see what the sisters and their like what they ended up doing because I'm there's they had the hotel and the last time we did that we ended up at a Red Lobster and we you almost got kicked out. Yeah, we shouldn't have been there. And, like <laughs> I'd like to see if anything. And then the next day, everybody was going to or some people were going to the Van Gogh thing in Chicago. Sunday, Sunday. Yep. So that's I'm where like, you went, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they were there. They made it. Yep. Okay. Well, there yep. you go. Yep. Must not have been too crazy. Yeah, Abby didn't talk too much about it, but I do think that they went to a f- couple of bars, and she's just like, it was full of college kids, and I'm not a college kid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that it stage does get wild. <laughs> that stage, yeah. And there's a real realization, too, where you're yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck, I should probably just go home. <laughs> like, or you know what I mean? Or like, you have nothing in common with these people. Yeah, right now. Like, like, the ship has sailed. Yes. You're like, if I. I could rewind time 10 years and I'm there. I could put myself in that situation, but it's like, I'm past that. Yep. I don't want to be there. Definitely. Definitely. It happened when we, we used to play Pumpers and Mitchells in Whitewater. Yes. And it used to be fucking, fucking love sublime. And then one year it was like, yeah, I think I know a couple of these yeah. songs. And then eventually, you guys are a really, really good band. It's like, <laughs> oh, they think this is our music. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I think about that. The evolution. Right. Yes. It's oh. funny. <laughs> Tell us about this Van Gogh thing. So first we went to, Christy, Lisa, and I went to Chicago on Saturday. Yep. And to spend the night there at the Drake, which is oh, one yeah. of the hauntedest hotels. Yes. I want to hear about this first, first actually. the hotel is 
fantastic. Is it? Yes. Um, super old and full of character. Like has um, like those humongous like giant flower arrangements everywhere Ooh. and like were there crystal. bellhops? Yes. I love what? that. I love valet, that. Valet, like we p- pulled right up to the front in downtown Chicago and the valet took the car. Um, like the elevators, I think it's 1888 that it was built maybe. But anyway, like right outside the elevators are like those mail chutes. Like you can drop oh. your letter in there. Um, yeah. It does remind me of The Shining a little bit just because of like those extra long, like wide hallways. And then like all of the like ballrooms like they have several different ballroom names and then there's three there's like a pub and like two or three other restaurants um inside the hotel huge huh oh my god yeah it's crazy um so we get checked in and have a drink and then we go down to the pub there to have a drink before we go out like on the streets yeah um but the pub is, you know, like has the small, um, like overstuffed pub chairs with the round tables yeah, and like the mahogany, like dark wood everywhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so it's like 630 and we get a table and we're, we're going to have a drink there. And of course, everything in Chicago is super expensive. expensive. Yeah. Like I just got a draft beer and it was seven bucks. <laughs> yeah. But Christy got like their specialty old fashioned, which was made with tequila. Seventeen bucks. <laughs> yep, eighteen. Oh, and Lisa got uh, the. It's called the French, and it's like a lemony thing. Same, like seventeen bucks. And then we split like they're known for their lobster rolls, so we split that, which was fantastic. Yeah, but at you know it's kind of crowded in What's there. What's a lobster roll, by the way? It's like a it's like a sandwich, and um, it's filled with. Um, kind of like chunked lobster and like a light mayonnaise dressing almost. Okay. Um, the roll was like super buttery and kind of toasted. I don't know. It was sounds good. Yeah. I think was sushi. it awesome? Yes. I was thinking sushi for some reason. Like, oh yeah, because of the rolls. There's, yeah, gotcha. So we're sitting there and um, I was our- thinking Royce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our table <laughs> we had a view of the restroom the ladies room like you had to go like through this little doorway area to get to the but it had like a small like discreet sign that said ladies and there's tables and stuff and i see i have like a perfect view and lisa well, like your mom's back would have been to it but, okay um i see this and ever, there were weddings there so like people are dressed in like floor length ball gowns and this uh, this late young woman she was like holding on to the shoulder of oh a man oh boy heading what time into is the 6 30 <laughs> oh boy wedding this she makes has like <laughs> that's pertinent information yeah has like three inch pumps on like a short skirt dr- very nicely dressed but you can tell she's super unsteady and i'm looking at the situation i'm like Something's going to be happening here. Like, this is bad news already. So not unsteady just from the shoes. No. Okay. Oh, no, no. Gotcha. Mm -mm. She's probably really familiar walking. You know, like, probably does a great job walking around in those. Usually. Yes. Yes. So I noticed that, like, she's holding on to his shoulder. They get to the restroom. She goes in. 
but he doesn't stay. So I'm like, well, maybe he was just being gentlemanly and they're not even together. Oh, right. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I could just be helping out somebody like, yeah, I'll get you there. Yeah. And <laughs> right near there. I did my job. <laughs> yeah. Was another table. And at that table is like an elderly mom and her daughter. <clears throat> and I noticed after like, I'd say like five or 10 minutes, um, like the daughter had a wave flag down like, like a bellhop usher guy and whispered in his ear. So I'm kind of like keeping one eye on the situation. We're into it. Yes. And I see him like talk into his <clears throat> shirt to Is she saying like she hasn't come out of the bathroom. I, I'm something. Okay. So then all of a sudden in through the door to the bar, you see two more male ushers and a female. And I'm like, Oh boy, the female goes into the restroom. Got to check on, uh, our lady. And then there's another one kind of like standing there, like super discreet, but like I'm guessing not letting anybody else in the bathroom. Okay. Um, so 15 minutes and they're like, the guys are outside kind of going back and forth, back and forth, talking in their collars and stuff. And then all of a sudden you see the three guys walk out the door, then the female bellhop or usher, and then the young lady and i mean she's so like pale disheveled pale like head down like hair falling in front of her face like just what went on in that restroom i don't know i'm sure it was not good same story camp randall (laughs) (laughs) there's they actually put portive hotties on the like higher level yeah even though they're just to keep shit moving and at one point, literally to keep yeah. shit moving. And I, yeah. <laughs> directly behind us is a women's bathroom. And so Ashley's like, I got to pee or whatever. I'm like, hey, those porta potties. Yeah. I was like, there's an, a- an actual women's bathroom, like right there. And then so she comes back. She's like, same thing with like, you know, just. Just the college. She's mm-hmm. just like, Jesus Christ. So, like, you know, stall one is the, the two girls fighting. Over one thing, stall three is just covered in puke. Uh, uh, stall four is the girl about to puke. And like oh same thing, just minus the bell hops. Like we got one. They're yeah. just no. It's just <laughs> it's just a Logan's the, run. We'll clean this up. Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I feel like she probably wasn't a guest of the hotel, you know, because you can just go in there and have dinner or drinks or whatever. So I'm guessing that they must have got her like a cab or I mean, you know, something. I don't know what exactly happened with her, but we never saw her again. Um, but then after that, we hit the streets um, and stopped at a bar, kind of, you know, like, where? what do you recommend for dinner? And they told us of this place, um, like, she's like, it's super fresh, light pasta. And we're mm. like, well, we're not dressed up. Like, is this place fancy? And she's like, no, no. So it's um, called Etta. And so we decided to go. E-D-A? E-T-T-A. Oh. Yeah. Etta. What's better than Etta? Nothing better yeah. than Etta. Literally nothing is better than this place. Wow. Um, so we go. It's like a 15-minute wait. So we decide to wait. And it's, there's nice outdoor heating. And they have like the ceiling um, heaters. No you shot. Know, so great um, Only atmosphere. Only a 15-minute wait on Saturday night. Yeah. Awesome. That's not bad at all. Boom. Yeah. You're in. And it's probably 8 now, I would guess. Okay. So the dinner helps. rush is that done. Helps. But yeah. yeah. Um, so the pa- in, inside, you could eat inside, and then the bathroom was on the second floor. So we sit down, and we're, like, looking at the menu, and we're, like, let's just get a few different things for everybody to share. Yeah. So we like fun. that move. Yeah, yeah, ended up doing that. I mean, and every single thing that we ate was... Top notch. Oh, my... Like, top dollar? Like, literally top no. three 
best meals I've ever had. Whoa! For, oh, hands down. She wasn't kidding. Nothing is better than that. <laughs> hands down. So in this time... So we, what was the best thing you ate there? Oh, it's so hard to decide. So what? We, well, what did you eat there? We ordered the two appetizers, and one was um, this focaccia bread and served with like a side of... Um, Ricotta. This emoji. <laughs> Shrugging oh, It's like a really super bread. light, airy, I don't know. Get the fricasha out of here. What are you <laughs> but talking about? But then it's about? served, you know what ricotta is. Like ricotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so this ricotta is nothing like that you would buy in the grocery store. I mean, it's so like, it was almost like a desserty almost. It was super fresh and light. Creamy kind of, yeah. Yeah. Sarah, do, I, do you need me to get a mop, Sarah? Yeah, so oh good. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then we get a wood fire she went right pizza. right back there. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she closed her eyes and went, yeah. Oh, man, it was outstanding. Um, so then we got a like a wood fire pizza, and that was fantastic. And um, we had to try a pasta dish. So Yeah, you have to. We got one, <clears throat> and it was stuffed with, sounds weird, pumpkin. I know. Served with um, lobster and like a creamy, I don't even know what kind of sauce. I'm telling you. So it's the sweet, salty, savory combo. It was combo. so outstanding. Mm, like you wouldn't think that I would that try would work it together. For sure, yeah. yeah, I would too. I was like, I was back in, you said pumpkin. When and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we were very like a gracious table, you know, of course, super nice to the wait staff and the people clearing the din- um, the table or the dishes and stuff. But anyway, before we get to the end of it, Lisa had gone upstairs. The bathroom's on the second floor. Right. Okay. To pee. To pee. And she comes back down. She's well, like. We don't know if she was peeing. Well, sure, sure. She was. To use well, the facility. that's what she said. And uh, she comes back down. She's like, oh, my God, there was these two girls in <clears throat> the bigger stall talking like like valley girls like oh, literally you look so hot tonight <laughs> i lit- literally cannot stand it like we yes. are like literally best friends <laughs> so she comes down and tells us all about this and then after we wrap it up um her and i go back to the bathroom before we leave to get back walking wherever we're gonna go they're in the goddamn stall again. Still? Literally, they're talking about how <laughs> they're part of this girl code, and like literally, nothing's ever gonna break them up or take them away from each other. And like one dick gets in the middle. Oh of my god, they're donesies. They're gonna oh. throw each other to the fucking fire. Yeah, and then you they me you would never tell anybody about that, Stacey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so then they leave, and three other girls go in there, and they're snorting lines of coke. I mean, it was just. Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so then we get back to the hotel and we had kind of scoped it out before we left um, or, you know, went to walk around. So it kind of reminded me of the Cecil Hotel where, you know, your car, your key will get you to your floor mm-hmm. in the hotel. So like when you're in the elevator, anybody is, yeah, you press your floor and then you have to hold your key. So then it will take you. Mm. to your floor so we didn't try to go to any other floors to see like if it would take us anywhere else um but but you could end up in the elevator with other people if they're at the same time yes right? okay. yeah 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 100 yeah, you did Cecil. zero ghost hunting that we didn't but we did talk to people who were on the 10th floor okay um because we were in the elevator with them and gotcha. they were it Is was the 10th floor that's where most of the activity happens because okay. that's where the girl in red. Uh, nice. or, yeah. yeah, that's the floor she threw herself off of, the tenth and the eighth floor. Okay. So the next morning, 
um, we get in the elevator to go back to the room after breakfast. And this couple were going to the 10th floor and Lisa's like, Ooh, did you hear, did you see any ghosts last night? And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, we're like, that's the most haunted floor. And we told them the story and they're like, we had a little bit too much to drink. So we, (laughs) if there were any ghosts, we have no idea. So, um, we didn't see any, but, or hear about any, but it was a very fantastic um, hotel. I would recommend it to anybody. Did you stay in the same room with Lisa and Christy? Yeah. So we was had there a... any shenanigans? No. Well, no. I couldn't imagine Lisa and Chris, Lisa not fucking with Christy in some form or fashion. Yeah. Well, I feel like you got to squash the beef if you're on a, on a on a weekend trip. There's no beef. Yeah, not was... beef, but you know what I mean. Like, hey, there's got to be a, a a woman's agreement. Like, <laughs> okay, you're not so the fuck only me, thing right? that happened, <laughs> I don't know, man. Was I don't think that exists in Lisa's world. Christy has these PJs. See, here we go. <laughs> it's like a little capri pajama bottom and like a t-shirty. But, and this is not Lisa, this is me. Oh. So we're all in our PJs. <laughs> and we decide to rent The Shining. So we're getting that yeah. cute. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew there was something. We get that queued up. And Christy's, oh, and I'm just randomly, I'm like, oh, hey, Christy, choose kindness. And she's like. Not getting what I'm saying, but that's what her pajamas said. Oh, and I'm like, oh really? They'll, like, basically, why would you have pajamas that say? She, she <laughs> probably never even looked at them. She's bought them. No, she totally did. She's like, it's a nice sentiment. I'm like, <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing to put on pajamas. So, like, we kind of just tuned off of that, but nothing like super mean or anything like Good. that. Thanks for leaving my mother alone. <laughs> Yeah, for the most part. Until we put on the shining. I thought there was dares. Come play with us, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) No dares. We really just kept it. There was enough growing up. You've just grown up. No, there was enough going on. They they weren't bored. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Lisa would have got bored. Yeah. It would have been on. Ooh. But it was like fantastic food. <laughs> Idle hands. Yes. You don't need, yes. you yeah. don't need that. So then the next morning we got up, had breakfast, and um, met the other three girls for the Van Gogh thing, which was super awesome. Um, and that was like you kind of, you can walk around the, the art museum or whatever, but basically they have these projectors hanging from the ceiling, and they're displaying his artwork it's like a moving thing too. it is because it like trans the way it transitions all over the every single wall is full of it the floor is full of it and it kind of just it's kind of like a kind of like a movie as it morphs into the next acid trip i was gonna say i kind of would just want to eat mushrooms and go there (laughs) or or not i don't know like i'm van gogh out man (laughs) like i can never see this painting again yeah because i was in it man i I leave without an ear some cool pictures (laughs) Um, my own ear man (laughs) yeah and after that we walked to this german restaurant and had um lunch there sat outside and had lunch and then the the game got over the packer and bears game so we saw like all the fans walking from that um Ooh, was traffic fucked up because of that you know it was worse There's on our way in on saturday down there so true most people just but just even way in. chicago fucking or yeah. um you know like interstate's gonna be what it is anyway it was a little bit rough getting out of chicago but yeah. i mean we left at like almost 420 and we were home I was by six. Say, Lisa got here at like six something. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Oh, after then six. that's golden. Yeah. It wasn't that, bad at all. Hmm. So yeah, it was a super fun trip. Uh, Matt, me and, um, 
I played some bags. I have a new uh, a new team. Uh, team Bob Hika. I did okay. Me and Abby beat Wicked Wolf. Did ya? We did. It was nice. Wow. Really I like good. to hear that. There yeah. we go. That, that, Got, that gotta like that. How about Survivor? Uh, I watched it. Oh, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which one. I forgot about it because we watched it kind of early in the week. Oh. I think I caught it on like Thursday or Friday. You remember, Adam, the one that we're talking about, that young sweetheart pastor. Yes. Shan. Shan that's always involved in everything. Turned. She gets this dude. Okay. Do JD. you remember? Yeah. Do you remember last week when we told you about um, JD had, had, had an advantage and she saw it like, she's like, what's that paper the in scroll, your shorts? Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyways, she's playing this like, oh, you know, I, I, it's still hard to trust you kind of thing to off to this JD guy. And if their their team loses a challenge, despite another team like trying to throw a challenge. Yes. The, the best team, the blue team, they've won like everything. Why, why would they throw it? Because there's one meddling bitch that they uh, want out of there. Okay, gotcha. Moving um, on, so there's like a couple guys are in on this, like kind of wanting to throw it. And, and, and the rest of them don't know it. Mm. So they can't make it super obvious. Right. But like the last leg of this challenge is like you have to throw these uh, rings around these posts, basically, that are, I don't know, 10 feet away from you or whatever. Yeah, I know that game. Sure. This guy is intentionally like throwing it like a fucking idiot. Like just like doing <laughs> yeah. And eventually he's doing so bad that one of his teammates is like, let me get in there and do it. And then he just like knocks Makes it out. Makes all three of them. Shit. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> right. So in, because you couldn't just like blatantly lay down. You no, have to. You no, have to like. You although attempt. he did like before that, you had to get all of these um, wooden pieces out of a mesh bag yeah. that was tied shut. He added all these extra knots. He was like just fiddle fucking un- with it for like ever to like, make it seem yeah. like. Yeah, but, they, okay. but the host <laughs> is like narrating as things are going on, so you can't be too blatant with it. He's like, I'm hope th- I hope they don't see that I'm trying to throw this <laughs> yeah. thing, whatever. Right. But anyways, the team that's been sucking. Once again, sucked and lost. And then this girl, this Shan, basically goes to that JD guy and she's like, well, I'd feel a lot better. I don't know how it came. How did it come about, Sarah? Where basically she, she was, got him to hand over. She's like, if you trust me, you'll hand over that yeah, thing and I'll she, hold it for a day or whatever. She's like, I believe you and Jeannie are trying to blindside me. And the only way that I will know that you're not is if you give me your advantage to hold for this tribal council, and then I'll give it back to you. Shan's going to turn and inform her. So they she, fucking voted him out. And yeah. she had his advantage. She, she yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh this devil woman. Yeah. She's not, was a she's not godly. Yes. She is not godly. Sometimes those people are not godly. You're right. Yes. Like, like go under the the... the, the hood of oh i'm a pastor yeah mm. well and she's like every time i'm conniving i play this song she i hum hums. this song in my head she's like oh that's <laughs> creepy <laughs> <laughs> and kendra goes you and dumb bitch you just gave this- away your towel for the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> that's creep show dude yeah. yeah i don't like it mm-hmm. so yeah so this guy like he's like oh i trust you there she's like we're gonna vote out this other girl who was like Brad's Brad got voted out the, the week before or the yeah, night yeah. before week before, I guess yeah. um, Brad had this other girl like, and we haven't seen a lot. Was it weird to you that like there was another girl on another tribe that was like, when did this girl get here? Like I never saw her before in my life. The one that was, 
having a really hard time with the challenge. She's like an older blonde oh, lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen this girl. Her hair was different. She looked a lot different okay. in this one. Mm-hmm. I thought be- She's I thought they were featuring her because she was going to get the axe is what I thought, but I don't know. Yeah. With the new guy in Sopranos, so, like, yeah. this guy's getting killed. This dumb yeah. guy, JD, who's like, he, he fancies himself this huge survivor started at... Before he was born. Yeah. Like he's been, oh, he was wow. born, he's, he's young. Two when yeah. it started 2001. And he's like, I'm, I've just, everything I've ever done is like, I want to do survivor. I want to be the best survivor player. I've watched it. He keeps referencing other guys and yeah. gals from like other seasons and stuff like that. Yeah. And the, and the dumbass just gave up his, <laughs> his advantage and got ousted by the pastor. And this is how mature he is he gets voted out and he's like any any reason and they don't respond to him so he gets walks out and then they always kind of like do a post interview i never yeah. watched that oh my gosh because they go to commercial first he's like oh yeah i got blindsided stupid me blah, blah. and then he's like but at least my hair looks cool oh. uh, you look like a dipshit yeah okay buddy. jd jd bye-bye what's the hair like Dreads. dreadlocks White like off to one side? No, <laughs> I would have called that bluff like immediately. His, <laughs> yeah, up in his buff. Yeah, and then off to one side. I don't know. It's whatever. Yeah. Fantasy football, we all uh, did pretty well. I don't know if you guys noticed, but top three scorers of the week. By the way, I did. We were. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you were beat number me one. By just points. You were up, like in the one fifties, mm-hmm. Adam. You were like one fifties, and I yeah. was high one forties. Oh, we were so close. Yeah, you can't, Derek Henry, man. Yeah. Oh, you thirty-seven. You got points. cheat code. You got God code. <laughs> I'd trade him. <laughs> what? I'm serious. I would. He's gonna get hurt. I don't know if he's gonna get hurt. Somebody did he's, send me a trade. He's proposal. on. I mean, you don't take anything less than a fucking giant haul for him. Yeah. But like, a he can't keep this up. He's on pace for like five hundred and some carries. Like, he's gonna either a get hurt or b. I mean, something. I don't know. I had I traded for him late last season because I wanted him against the Packers in the championship game, and he just shit the bet on me. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's going to happen. Who knows? It might not happen. But what I'm saying is, it just doesn't think. I don't think this is sustainable. Right. He's gotten two or three touchdowns in every single game. Like it would just blow away every record. And I don't. I don't know. He's gonna get popped for steroids. But yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade him away for less than <laughs> like. Kidding. I mean, I don't even know what I would trade him away for. But yeah, what be, do you got? A car? It would have to be. <laughs> no, it would I have think to be Travis Kelsey and somebody else. Oh, so Angelo. Yeah. Angelo is fishing. He Mister Nothing Personal. Yes, okay. Yes. Yes. Um. He, he, I don't know what his team looks like, but God, he, I'd love to see I, what cannot, that. Yeah. I would love to see Pull it what up, that. Sarah. It's back there. I'll get it in, at the break. It can't be. He doesn't have. He's trying to get a running back bad because he doesn't have one. He's gonna There's have to give no the whole way team. he's got anything that you could. He could. I'll give you my 401k. Like Adam or I, we could offer you like um, Adam has like Zeke and Najee Harris, both good running backs. I have. Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. Both it, it would have to be that. It would have to be that plus, and a really yes, good yes, wide receiver something, or something. Yeah. And Angelo just Angelo doesn't listen to this podcast, I'm sure. We but don't know. He does not have what it takes to get that player from you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um anyway, I'm having fun with fantasy football. I like, this like looking week at my lineup and this is gonna be interesting. By apocalypse, by NATO, whatever you want to call it. Um I don't Did think you guys play each other? 
No. But yeah, we played each other two weeks ago. We we didn't reference it. Oh, I'm saying okay. this week I beat them. There's so many teams on bye. Oh yeah. yeah. There's six teams on bye, and they're all pretty good teams. Yeah. A lot of fantasy relevant players. I picked up people that. You picked I, I, up a guy today I've never heard of. I was going to say, I think he's a water boy. <laughs> I, I, I think he's a water boy. I had to look at him like, who's this you dude? You know what confused me? It said wide receiver or running back. Yeah, I'm he like, can play both positions, which is nice. You can put him in either slot, which is awesome. Yeah. But both of your running backs, are, I think, are on bye. Yeah. In my other league, both of my running backs are on bye. I have one on bye. <laughs> in, my, in my other league, I literally have, if you look at my bench, every player is projected for zero points because they're all on bye. I yeah. had to, like, cobble together some random lineup. But otherwise, in this league, and, and this is the only league I really care about, um, I have Eckler on a bye, which he's the running back two over the seat. He's next to Derrick Henry. I mean, he's a ways back, but he's still number back number two. Even though he only scored like six he points this last, last week, week yep. to to have only a six point week and still be the running back two, that's yeah. amazing, killing it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's on by for me this week. But I play Antonio, who has a lot of players on by too. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was a little pissed that because I would have jumped up to second if Keith would have lost to Brian, and all Brian needed Keith only put up like a hundred and seven points. Keith, uh, Brian needed like, like seven points, points out of his defense to, to. I did notice I have a lot more points than Keith. Oh, so do I. Overall. Yeah. We have like a hundred more than yeah. Keith. Yeah. Yeah. We're tearing it up. Okay. We're just tearing That's it fun. up. Um, creep holy show? crap. Yes. Let's take a quick break and let's get into Welcome back, back <laughs> <laughs> to volume three or part three. Volume, I think you can call them volume. Whatever I've been doing, <laughs> whatever I've been doing, I'm going to keep doing. Consistency <laughs> of creep show. <laughs> we're winding down the month of October, but we're, we're technically we're just past halfway. We got tonight. We got next week. Yeah. And my first entry. This one's a little a little off the beaten path for me, but this is a, a small biography on a fellow you may not have heard of. His name is Rod Farrell, leader Will's of the brother. deadly Kentucky vampire clan. Not the Montucky vampire clan, but the Kentucky. Interesting. Clan scares me. Yeah, it should. It's spelled with a K. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, this is Janesville, and Geraldo came here once. This is Jane's Tucky. Jan Tucky. <laughs> Jan Tucky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rod Farrell was a teenage boy from Murray, Kentucky, whose delusions led him to lead a ritualistic vampire cult and brutally murder a 14-year-old cult member's parents in their home. Farrell, who was 16 years old at the time of the murders, actually believed himself to be a 500-year-old vampire named Visago. He was the youngest person to be on death row until his sentence was reduced to life in prison with no parole. Roderick did not have an easy life growing up. He was born to his then 16-year-old mother, Sandra Gibson, on March 28, 1990, in Murray, Kentucky. 
His father abandoned him to serve in the military and was never a part of his life. His maternal grandfather allegedly sexually abused him when he was around five years old, according to federal court records. However, no criminal charges were ever pursued. Sandra and Rod did not have a stable home life, bouncing back and forth between living with Sandra's parents and public housing. Sandra worked as an exotic dancer and sex worker to make ends meet. Sandra introduced Rod to vampires and the macabre from a young age. They bonded over Dracula films and vampire, the masquerade comic books. Mm. Ever heard of that one? Mm -mm. Me neither. Sandra was far from this ideal mother and had a questionable and complex relationship with her son, as Rob himself described. At the age of 34, she was even caught writing disturbing love letters to a 14-year-old boy. And this is an excerpt. I long to be near you for embrace. Yes, to become a vampire, a part of the family, immortal and truly yours forever. I only hope that one day you will once again return to Murray. You will then come for me and cross me over, and I will be your bride for eternity and you my sire. That was to a 14-year-old boy, by the way. The rest of the vampire clan's members came from equally depressing and disturbing situations. The most notable members being Scott Anderson, Rod's right-hand man, Chastity Keese, his then 16-year-old girlfriend, Dana Cooper, a friend along for the ride, and Heather Windorf, Rod's damsel in distress and victim. All of them took comfort in being able to belong to a group of outsiders and like-minded people while growing up in a place that is generally unaccepting of anything non-traditional. The gang's meetup spot was called Vampire Hotel, which was a dilapidated structure in the middle of the woods near Kentucky Lake in the land between the lakes. It was here the clan threw parties, used psychedelic drugs, and took part in various types of rituals. Hearing stories from Heather about suffering abuse at the hands of her father struck a chord with Rod. After Heather had to move away, Rod became obsessed with the situation and ended up racking up hundreds of dollars in long-distance phone bills for the Windor family. The final straw for Roderick was when Heather's parents finally cut her off from the phone. It was then he rallied his groups to go on a fateful rescue mission to save Heather from her parents and run away to New Orleans to start their very own vampire family and live happily ever after. Unfortunately, things did not go according to plan. On November 25th, 1996, Rod and the gang made the 750-mile drive from Murray, Kentucky to Eustis, Florida. After she had been picked up and their vehicle had broken down, Heather made a deal with Rod in which she would use her keys to unlock her home so her family's vehicle could be stolen and the clan could complete their trip to New Orleans. In exchange, Rod agreed to perform the turning ritual in which she would consume his blood and officially be a vampire forever. The ritual took place early that morning in a cemetery. Rod consumed a significant amount of LSD before Heather admitted to drinking Roderick's blood from a self-inflicted razor blade wound. The group departed to retrieve the car from Heather's house shortly after. Upon arriving at the Windorf residence, Roderick and Scott entered the house through the garage to find Mr. Windorf peacefully resting in the living room on the couch. After many moments of silence and deliberation, Mr. Windorf awoke to his skull being violently smashed in by Roderick and the crowbar Rod had brought with him. 
Mr. Windorf suffered more than 22 blows to the face. Oh, my God. Hearing the commotion, Mrs. Windorf entered the living room from the kitchen, horrified at the sight of her husband being beaten to death by intruders. In an attempt to interrupt the despicable act, she splashed scalding hot coffee into the face of Roderick, who retaliated with a crowbar blow to the face. The blow was so hard, it severed her brainstem, killing her instantly. Oh, my God. And then this is a quote from uh, Roderick. By that time, you know, it was pretty obvious. I had blood on me and a crowbar in my hand. I was fixing to say, yeah, I want to have a coffee with you, son of a bitching smartass. But anyway, that's when she lunged at me because I was actually going to let her live. But after she lunged at me, I took the bottom of the crowbar and kept stabbing it through her skull. And whenever she fell down, I just continually beat her until I saw her brains falling on the floor. Jesus Because that pissed me off. Ugh. That was Roderick Farrell's confession regarding the murder of Ruth Windorf. Afterwards, Roderick guy. and Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I think all he wanted was a Pepsi. <laughs> Just one Pepsi. Uh, afterwards, Roderick and Scott proceeded to ritualistically burn their victims and dance around their bodies Damn. as they lay dying on the living room floor. Before leaving, they stole valuables such as jewelry and credit cards before leaving in the family's Ford Explorer. The bodies would be discovered by Heather's 17-year-old sister, Jennifer, when she returned from home work, from work that night. Heather was unaware her parents had been murdered until later, assuming everything had gone to plan. Uh. So Heather, who's, who let them in the house. Yeah, she's like, they're just no taking idea. the fucking truck. No worries. Murder warrants. But here's the thing. Yeah. They were in there for a decent amount of time for all this to have gone yeah, down. Right. Yeah. She had to know something was up. Or she was tripping off the LSD blood she drank right, earlier in the day. Right, who knows? Murder warrants were put out for the group of teens on November 27th, and after four days of evading law enforcement, were finally captured by the police on November 28th after they tracked a phone call made by Chastity when she called her grandparents asking for money. Timeline doesn't add up there, by the way. At first, Roderick completely denied the accusations, claiming he was being framed by a rival vampire gang. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like the Jets. Eventually, with an overwhelming amount of evidence piled against him, he pled guilty. He received two charges of first-degree murder, robbery, and burglary, and was sentenced to death. This made him the youngest American ever to be on death row. Scott Anderson received two life sentences in prison, the amount of his involvement in the murders has come under question, though he claims he never touched Mr. or Mrs. Windorf and attempted and failed to calm down a raging Roderick who proceeded to go crazy and bash their skulls in with the crowbar. Chastity Keese and Dana Cooper made plea deals in exchange for reduced sentences. Chastity was sentenced to 10 years, released in 2008, and Dana for 17, released in 2015, Scott's sentence was recently changed in 2018 to 40 years, crediting the 22 he already spent in the can. By the time Scott Anderson is released in 2032, he will be 51 years old. Wow. In 2000, Roderick Farrell's death sentence was changed to life in prison after the Florida Supreme Court ruled defendants must be 17 years or older Mm. at the time charges are filed in order to be able to be executed. To this day, Roderick remains at the Tomoka Correctional Institution, 
serving out his life sentence. Nice. Gruesome. I think he opened up an OnlyFans count. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Like that? I thought about that about five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that's pretty good. Ugh, that's, Gross. Ugh. But yeah, 1996, I feel like we would have heard more about this. Yeah. We, it, I feel like the cycle back then, it would have came through for a day, a day or day and then just be gone. Yeah. It was all Timothy McVeigh and... Yeah. Fertilizer bombs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It uh, is really stunning how fast the news cycle moves. Oh my! Unless now, it's something like a million extremely, yeah. extremely huge, it's gone the next day. Mm-hmm. Fuck! And it's kind of always been like that. Yeah, they. It's just now it's so much they, more. The news outlets can, are thirsty people. They, yes. they like they have to find the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just report on the same thing three days in a row. No, boring. Dang, that was good. Thank you. That was good. All right, so. People in Plainfield, Wisconsin, had talked about Ed Gein for years. They had witnessed strange things at his farm, including shrunken heads that looked frighteningly real. Heard that. I have a poster of Ed Gein. Really? I don't know where it's at. His house of horrors made headlines for years after he was sent to a mental hospital for his actions. Can I clarify something? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I wouldn't... Not a listen to your story, Sarah, but I would have, I would have kept thinking. Where's that and this, poster? And this the is fuck why is Matt talking about? <laughs> I went to a, uh, I don't know, probably like '06. I don't know. I went to a Marilyn Manson show at the rave in Milwaukee, <clears throat> and at the show, I bought oh, the yeah. show poster, or whatever, yeah, and it had an it had Ed Gein on the poster, mm. and I still have that. I'm not that big of a weirdo. <laughs> I feel like it needed to be said. Yeah. Okay. Clarification was good there. (laughs) Sorry, Sarah. That's okay. Um, His house of horrors made headlines for years after he was sent to a mental hospital for his actions. They were so memorable, in fact, that he inspired some of the most iconic horror movies of all time. They're immortalized in pop culture and ingrained in film fans' minds as the ultimate terrifying villains. Norman Bates in Psycho, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs have been triggering nightmares for decades. The evil characters perpetrated the most abhorrent of crimes, from skinning victims and making suits to eating human flesh. Edward Theodore Gein, also called the Butcher of Plainfield, was born August 27, 1906 in Plainfield, Wisconsin. He was an eccentric bachelor who, despite being liked and sometimes pitied by local families, no one paid attention to until it was too late. Gein was the second of two sons born to a Bible-bashing mother and alcoholic father. <laughs> Tough combo. <laughs> that is, yeah. Um, the household was dominated by Augusta Gein, who bullied her husband, George, and instilled, in, in, and instilled Ed and his older brother, Henry, with fire and brimstone religious lectures, warning them especially against the lasciviousness of women. Ed, who had a trademark peculiar lopsided grin, looked up to his brother and worshipped his mother, but had few friends. His main but secret other interest was in macabre literature like Tales from the Crypt and stories of headhunters, cannibals, and Nazi atrocities. Augusta discouraged her sons from having friends and warned against other people. Ed worked on the family farm and at odd jobs after school, 
increasing his workload following the 1937 death of his father. He also made money from odd jobs and babysitting. (laughs) Yeah. Ed was good with kids and he was popular with their parents, always polite, always diffident. The kids loved loved him and he kept, and he seemed to have a real rapport with them, more so than he'd ever had with people of his own age. He was particularly skilled as a storyteller and would enthrall his young charges with creepy tales of South Sea cannibals and headhunters. Ed knew a lot about the subject, of course. Less than a decade after his father's death, Ed also lost his brother in suspicious circumstances. Allegedly, he and Henry were attempting to stop a runaway brush fire on their property when they became separated by smoke and blaze. Ed eventually sought help, and a search party was assembled. Though Ed claimed he'd been unsuccessfully looking for Henry for some time, he led the party to his brother's body within minutes. Oh, no. I I didn't know that. that. Yeah. Wow. The patch of ground on which Henry lay was scorched black, yet he appeared unharmed by the flames. The only marks on him appeared to be an array of peculiar bruises that may or may not have been inflicted by someone wielding a shovel. A shovel. The medical examiner declared the cause of death as accidental, and he was buried next to his father in Plainfield Cemetery. But death was not yet done with the Gein family. Not long after Henry was buried, Ed's mother had a stroke. He took care of her lovingly, sometimes crawling into bed next to her, before she suffered a second stroke six months later and died on December 29, 1945. To say that Ed was distraught at the death of his mother would be a massive understatement. He was destroyed by his loss, consumed by it. At the sparsely attended funeral, he wailed so loudly that he drowned out the vicar. Later at the cemetery, he stood with tears and snot running down his face as the casket was lowered into the ground. Then he said a tearful goodbye to the few family members who had bothered to show up and retreated back to the sanctuary of his farmhouse. He continued taking odd jobs and supplemented his meager income by renting out some land. He also began visiting a tavern in Pine Grove, seven miles away, that was run by Mary Hogan, a stout, middle-aged woman who seemed to remind him of his mother and created a weird fascination in The Bachelor. No one thought to finger Ed when Mary Hogan disappeared on December 8, 1954, leaving behind no trace but blood at the scene of her business. They didn't even pay attention when Ed joked, I loaded her into my pickup and drove her home. They dismissed it as the ramblings of the daft local oddball. Three years later, however, another woman disappeared, and this time there were more direct links that brought Ed to the attention of authorities. Bernice Warden disappeared from her general store, where Ed had recently been hanging around, pestering her to go out with him. Her son, who discovered the store unattended and located blood, noticed that the final receipt had been for a purchase by Gein. The bachelor was just leaving a neighbor's house after being invited to dinner when police approached him and he soon implicated himself by insisting he had nothing to do with Bernice Warden's death. He just came out and said that. Even though no one had informed him the woman was dead. Uh, mm. <laughs> that Real ga- JD. <laughs> that gave them reason enough to search Gein's dilapidated filthy farmhouse which they found overrun with roaches and rodents and stinking of everything from damp and filth to human waste. Sheriff Arthur Schley, who had been in his position less than a month, was the first to come across a scene that would soon make headlines around the country, a decapitated and gutted carcass suspended by its legs from the ceiling. For the briefest of moments, Schley's brain 
registered in an automatic response. Deer. But then the reality of what he'd seen hit him, and he turned and ran, blundering into the dark. He barely made it outside before he dropped to his knees and ejected the contents of his stomach into the snow. Bernice Warden had been found. The horrific sight was far from the only grotesque discovery that authorities would encounter. One of the officers picked up a crudely shaped soup bowl, still bearing the congealed remnants of Ed's last meal, then rapidly put it down when he realized what it was. Mm. The The top half of a human skull. There were other skulls, too, including some that were hung from the posts of Gein's bed as decoration. In the kitchen, one officer found a chair with oddly colored strips of leather forming the seat. Closer inspection proved that the leather was in fact made from from strips of human skin, the underside still lumpy with chunks of fat. Four such chairs were found in the house. (laughs) Get you a set. You got it. Yeah. So too. Were, one would have company come over. <laughs> so too were other artifacts from made from skin: a wastebasket, lampshades, a drum, the sheath of a hunting knife, a belt made from female nipples. A sh- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's my nip belt. A nipple belt. <laughs> How many nipples are on the belt? Doesn't say. A, sh- a shade pole made out of a pair of lips. <laughs> Even these paled in comparison with Gein's most horrific creation, a skin suit, consisting of a pair of leggings and a top piece that included a woman's sagging breasts. It appeared that Gein had skinned one of his victims, tanned the hide, and then constructed this hideous ensemble. Gein's collection included a box of human noses and perhaps more, most horrifically, a number of death masks, four of which were mounted on the wall. Others stored in bags would end up solving the mystery of Mary Hogan's disappearance. One of the masks was recognizable as a missing innkeeper. Despite the filth and horror in most of the farmhouse, authorities discovered a blocked-off, dusty, yet tidy area, Augusta's bedroom, which had been kept by Gein as a virtual shrine to his dead mother. The number of human trophies found in Gein's home seemed to indicate that he had killed far more people than just Warden and Hogan, and he admitted to both of these murders, though he claimed each was accidental. Gein insisted he had not killed anyone else, and the rest of the body parts were gathered in yet another grotesque manner. He had studied death notices, looking for women of similar age and build to his dead mother, and then engaged in grave robbing. Authorities were skeptical, but Gein provided them with a list of graves graves he had dug up, and they were found to be either empty or containing mutilated remains, just as Gein described. The case created a media frenzy, and Gein, Gein became a household name across the country. He was found mentally incompetent to stand trial and was sent to the Central State Hospital, where he remained as his belongings were auctioned off and his farmhouse was destroyed in an arson attack. Gein did so well in the mental hospital that 10 years after he was sent there, a court decided he was competent to stand trial for the murder of Bernice Warden. His defense team waived the right to a jury trial, and the judge found him guilty, but ruled that he should be returned to the Central State Hospital for the criminally insane. Gein died there of respiratory failure on July 26, 1984, at the age of 78, and was buried in Plainfield beside his mother in an unmarked grave. The butcher of Plainfield was gone, but the enormity of his crimes was not forgotten. Over the years that followed, he would continue to be the boogeyman that Wisconsin mothers warned their misbehaving children about. 
Perhaps the most famous of Edgine's fictional incarnations was Norman Bates, the cross-dressing mother-obsessed psycho of Robert Bloch's novel and Alfred Hitchcock's classic film. Each of these characters, Buffalo Bill, Leatherface, and Norman Bates, draws on Ed Gein, and yet the atrocities committed by Gein were far more bizarre, far more extreme than his fictional counterparts. Fact, in this case, really was stranger than fiction. 100%. I didn't know a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I didn't either. Dude, my tummy like turned over several times while you were talking about that. <laughs> So bad. I hope Adam has something a little more light. <laughs> I was gonna say I should have went two first. In a row. I should have went first. No, mine's, no, no. Like, yeah, mine's gonna be like fucking the salad before. It'll I think be we the, need some the salad dessert. right It'll now. It'll be a palate some, cleanser. Yeah, I think we need a little is, salad. This is the haunted doll. Yeah, bring it on. You guys in? That okay. guy didn't skin anybody. I'm sure. When you think of haunted dolls, it's likely the creepy old Victorian-looking porcelain kind that springs to mind. None of which you probably still have laying around. Still, don't get too comfortable around any kids' toys too soon, though. A Disney's Frozen Elsa doll. Mm, I heard the story. That was gifted for Christmas in 2013 in the Houston area. Made headlines earlier this year when it was seemingly haunted. Uh, this is from the Houston News. The doll recited phrases from the movie Frozen and sang, Let it go, when a button on its necklace was pressed. For two years, it did that in English, Mother Emily Madonna said. In 2015, it started doing it al- alternating between Spanish and English. There Which was that's a setting, probably. There wasn't a button that changed these. It was just random. The family has owned the doll for more than six years, never changed its batteries. The mother says the doll would randomly begin to speak and sing even when the switch is turned off. The family decided to throw the way or throw the creepy doll away uh, out in December of 2019. Weeks later, they found it inside a bench in their living room. Mm-hmm. The kids insisted they didn't put it there. And I believe them because they wouldn't have dug through the garbage outside, Madonia told KPRC2 Houston News. At that point, Elsa ceased to sing the English rendition of Let It Go altogether. Started speaking only in Spanish when the button was pressed. The family then double bagged the bizarre doll and placed it at the bottom of their garbage, which was taken out to the, uh, to the curb for garbage day. And like watched it happen, right? They went on a trip shortly after, but when they returned, Elsa too had come back and was waiting in the backyard of Get their the home. Get the fuck out of here. This time, the family mailed Elsa to a family friend in Minnesota who taped the haunted doll to, to the truck. front of bumper of his truck. Yes. Doesn't seem to have made its way back to Houston yet, as per uh, Madonna's latest February Facebook update. On this creepy doll. Yes. I remember <laughs> wow. hearing about this a couple of years ago. See, that's why I thought. I'm like, did you do this one? No, so, I might okay. have brought it up, but we right. didn't do it for Creep Show. But yeah, they literally, like, the doll keeps coming back. Oh, my God. And they, like, <laughs> they, they mail it away, and this guy puts it on, like, the front... I, I picture him as like a truck driver, like a long haul. Fuck it, I'll throw it on my truck. I'll throw it on the yeah. fucking front of the Peterbilt. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is right now. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that thing That's somehow crazy. kept coming back. I don't remember a lot of the Spanish stuff, but I, I do remember like 
I knew it sounds some familiar. Maybe we did they were get they were getting time, creepy so. vibes from this doll, and it was you know, like they, like you said, like they don't change the battery; it keeps going. This and that, and they got rid of it. Oh, it shows shit. up. Oh, it's gnarly. That was good. It was that not was a good. repeat, but it was good. Oh, I'm still thinking about the Ed Gein stuff. I know I didn't know a lot of that either. Oh, That's so. a lot of people. Noses, like a box of noses. My nipple belt. <laughs> well, and, you know. I got my Halloween ideas now. <laughs> Kendra, have you seen my nipple belt? <laughs> I can't go out anymore. Well, he dug up the bodies to get all that shit. Oh. I don't know if that I makes me feel the work better ethic. or worse. I know, I don't know. What? Because at least he's not hacking up new people for, right. you know what I mean? How many? What's up with the obsession what's, what's, with the mother? Like, I'm gonna scour death notices to find women that fit the type of my mother, and make and then, a and even make a skin suit in resemblance of her. You know he. So they said that he had and that, that part's clean. Yeah. So uh, you know he would. Like, put, I bet he like put on that suit oh, and like yeah. went and laid in that bed. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. Um. Ugh. How many uh, on the on the? How many do we? Th- Think he, or that the, they think the he killed up. two. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah but just then, the two. But then he, he robbed just, all he these just, other graves. Yeah. Hmm. Then he just watched for death notices for people who were of the like his mother. See, and that's crazy because a guy He's just kills there. two that people. That name is up there. I know. Yeah, it's because of what you did. It's because of the other shit. It's your extracurricular right. it, yes, activities, yes. <laughs> right? It was the other shit. If you just killed two people, that shit doesn't even register. I killed two people last yeah. week. I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> but and it's the all weird that thing other about stuff. his brother. Oh, yes. three. Let's say. Let's say three. Yeah, because no, I do think I he killed Henry. I think he killed yes. his brother too. He's got three kills under his belt. I think so. Probably some good son shit. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Mm. Ugh, that just left a weird. Yeah, I was like, we're doing that game. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's get through are. it. <laughs> but I, did, I, I learned a so much. Yeah. yeah, I thought he had like ten kills. I thought he had well enough I, to I, I get was, a skin suit, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah god dang, yes. gross. Adam has a uh, awesome shirt on. I don't know if you know. Yeah, I did. So it's a mashup of Mickey Mouse and Texas Chainsaw yes. Massacre. That's I, a Meep original. Inspired, yeah, Leatherface. I'm like, well, there he is. Yeah, that is a Full good circle. T-shirt. It's oh, great. That's a good t-shirt. Maybe Meep can make us a Ed Gein, um <laughs> skin suit. Yeah, something with Mother. It's a good Mother Teresa. I, I would know. think it would be <laughs> awesome if Meep made us uh, some sort of merchandise item. Yes, that'd be cool. Some um, some if hold he on, could let make me us, tell it. yeah, but if he could make us some sort of creep show mashup thing, that would be awesome. Ooh. I think Agreed. it's right up his alley. I think so too. Come on, Meep, what are you doing? Get busy. <laughs> He just had his um. What's the purple guy from Grimace? Yeah, he said Grimace butt plugs. I know. I saw <laughs> paperweights that just came out. It's awesome. Your from- three favorite things, Sarah: Grimace, <laughs> paperweights, and butt one of th- oh. plugs. That's not your, one of these is wrong. What? I'm a Burger King girl. <laughs> uh. Oh, I'm not lying. If you guys want to buy those, you kind of check out Meep. At, I know at, you at, at Meep on Instagram. Yes, it's got Grimace butt plug. M E E P. Yeah. Yes. Hundred percent. You got anything else? I'm t- 
I need to get out of here. All right. Well, here's a cold shower thought. Whoa. Sometimes I just feel like curling up on the floor in front of the fireplace and just rolling around the room like a tumbleweed and not even caring if I knock things over or break them. And if people get mad, maybe it, maybe because it's their house or something, <laughs> you can just shake your head and go, what happened? <laughs> oh, man. We'll see you guys next week for the finale of the 2021 Creep Show.